Welcome to the OK Preps Extra podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by Barry Lewis. Barry, good to see you. Good to see you, Patrick. And we've got a lot to talk about today. We do. All right, well, let's get right into it then. So uh, Lincoln Christian quarterback Max Brown decommitted from Central Michigan and announced he's going to Florida. Of course, we're a little more than a week away from signing day. Uh, your impressions of that move that, I mean, Max Brown in the, in the SEC, what do you think? That's exciting, and that's quite an upgrade. <laughs> Max had been uh, committed to Central Michigan since last summer, and uh, obviously he didn't sign on the early signing day, which was sort of the tip-off that uh, uh, he might be getting offers from schools uh, from the Power Five, and uh, he was also offered from the University of Washington. Uh, but he chose Florida, going SEC, and uh, I and it's sort of reminiscent to me of when Josh Jacobs went to the SEC from McLean and no one was really talking about him very much around here as far as like um, his big time college prospects and he wasn't getting many offers and boom, he winds up with Alabama in the SEC and becomes an NFL first round draft choice and doing great things in the NFL. And I certainly think that's Max Brown's potential. I mean, those who followed high school football could see it in Max the last two seasons. Uh, he's 6'3", 200 pounds, really powerful runner, and he can also throw it around. So um, uh, very much a dual threat, passed for 2,700 yards, rushed for 1,300 this past season, accounted for 61 touchdowns, so consistent, and also such a very clutch performer. Uh, he's, uh, I think he's going to do great at Florida where he's going to join a was a signee from Owasso, Chris McClellan, mm -hmm. defensive lineman. So Florida Gators are doing really well in Tulsa. And I think the sky's the limit for Max Brown. I'm really excited about his potential. I can see him playing in the NFL in a few years. Really? Okay. That, that good. He's that good. I mean, if he continues to progress the way he has, I mean, mm -hmm. he's, he's got it all. Of course, still a long ways to go. I mean, you could say that in 2016 with Josh Jacobs. A long ways to go uh, between then and when he was a first-round draft choice in 2019. But I think if Max Brown continues on this line of progression, that uh, definitely you can see him in the NFL. Uh, he just, you know, I sort of had the same feeling about him as it did um, – also, well, on the other side of the spectrum, Dax Hill, obviously, three years ago, was very highly recruited out of Booker T. Washington. And um, now it is three years later, and he's declared for the NFL draft, and people are talking about him being a high draft choice. I saw Dallas Cowboys, one mock draft, had Dallas drafting him. Uh, that would be exciting. So, um, but of course, it's really early to be talking about the NFL draft, but um, time flies, and uh, Max Brown certainly has the potential to join people like Josh Jacobs and uh, in the NFL. And uh, so, and uh, Max, re I really like his potential. I think Florida, he was sort of under the radar a little bit, but uh, give credit to Florida, uh, big signing. Staying with recruiting for a minute, uh, Bixby tied in, Luke has – uh, former OU commit decommitted after Lincoln Riley's departure uh, announced he's going to Arkansas. Uh, what do you think of that? Um, 
that's uh, I. It, it was very interesting. Again, it continues. Arkansas is real, which had neglected the Tulsa area for several years uh, before they uh, woke up, which was a good move for the Razorbacks. And they're seeing uh, dividends from that. And uh, that's another big uh, addition to the program. If he, and again, there's still a long ways to go. I mean, looks very solidly committed to Arkansas, but he has just finished his junior season. So there is still um, about a year to go before he can sign next December. So you never know what'll happen, but uh um, assuming the Arkansas coaching staff stay, stays in place. And that's why he committed from OU because of the coaching shuffle there. Um, that uh, it's another big addition from the Tulsa area for Arkansas. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, Barry, that Arkansas w- would come into the 918 and get a Felix Jones or somebody like that. And they kind of, there was that little gap where they didn't. And like you just said, it seems like they're kind of making the Tulsa area priority again. I mean, I know recruiting emphasis changes with coaching staff. So that has yes. something to do with it probably, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's good to see. Different coaching philosophies. And um, it's um, I definitely think it is a mistake when coaches ignore the Tulsa area. I mean, I mean after all, we were just talking about Max Brown and Chris McClellan. Uh, if Florida is interested in the Tulsa area, I think that is a pretty good clue to some other coaches. Hey, you should take a look around here. Uh, so we're filming this on a Tuesday. Signing day is next Wednesday, the sec- February second. Uh, any other any other signing day surprises we should be looking out for, Barry? We we'll look and see. I guess um, um, we we'll look to see where Gentry Williams actually winds up. That's right. You have any thoughts on that? And any you hearing anything? Uh, not hearing anything. Just, uh, of course, we didn't hear anything about Gentry uh, not signing until uh, for the early period until just before, like a day or two before. So uh, that's probably the biggest story left for signing day uh, on February 2nd. So we just wrapped up uh, tournament week. I say we just wrapped up a few days ago uh, in basketball. You saw a fair amount of games. How many games did you see during tournament week? Did you add them up? <laughs> well, actually, not anywhere close to the 22 I saw in three days at the Tournament of Champions. But I saw quite a few games last week. Um, I was at the Port City Classic and then the Jinx Union Invitational. And it was um, some really great basketball. And it was a very interesting in somewhat pivotal week, especially in Class 6A, Jenks entered the week as num- ranked number one in the East and ended the week ranked number three as Booker T and Broken Arrow went past them. However, a week from now, we could be talking about uh, more changes because this week, Booker T is hosting Broken Arrow and then Broken Arrow is visiting Jenks. So... Who knows? Jenks could be number one when we talk a week from now. So things change. Uh, Class 6A, a lot of great basketball in the Tulsa area. We haven't haven't been able to – this is probably the best year for 6A basketball in the Tulsa area in over a decade as far as the depth of quality. So it's very exciting. Um, And, um, again, this week's a big week, Um, you know, 
other contenders for a state tournament berth around here. Union and Owasso are playing tonight as we speak, Tuesday. They're playing at, um, and so that's another big game, uh, especially when it comes to playoff seedings. We've got two weeks before the playoff seedings are determined. And uh, Owasso still, if it can win out the against Union and then Broken Arrow, then it's got a chance to be a regional host again. So just some huge games. There's huge games every night in the Frontier Conference, and it's really fun to watch this year. Yeah. Barry, I wonder if you might give us an update on All World, just kind of what you can what you can tell us about where that process is. All right. Well, the all world, all world selections for the various fall sports will be February 5th and February 7th through the 9th. Starts off on February 5th with football, all world football. And then February 6th will be all, Tulsa World All State football. And then February 7th through the 9th, we'll have cross country, softball, and volleyball. So, um, Look forward to that. And uh, today we had the Oklahoma Coaches Association's all-state football selections announced. And again, and I'll go into this. I always go into this when we make our Tulsa World all-state selections. Um, there's such different ways. I mean, it, it's a huge contrast in the ways the Tulsa World's all-state team is selected and the Oklahoma Coaches Association's all-state team. For the Tulsa world, all players are eligible, freshmen, sophomore, juniors, or seniors, and it's basically focused on what they've done this past year. Although in case of a tie, uh, especially when we get to the seniors, uh, their whole careers can be taken into consideration. And there's no limit to the number of players per team that can be selected. Whereas the Oklahoma Coaches Association it's sort of complicated. Um, yeah, only seniors are eligible. And then there's a maximum of two per team, which leads talent-rich teams like Bixby and Holland Hall and Jenks. It's like, sure. how can you pick just two? <laughs> that, that's really tough. That is tough. And then each coach has their different philosophy on who they nominate because you want, as a coach, especially of those talent-rich teams, to have your Mac get your maximum two players selected to the game. Uh, and so it's quite sort of complicated and strategy on how to make sure you get those two players selected. And of course, which two players do you choose? And then going into that also is since major college signees don't play in the game, then you wrestle with the thought, do I put a player up for as a coach for the coaches association, do I put a player up for all state and uh, who's not going to play in the game and then risk only having one or zero players in the game? Because it's not necessarily the case that one of your players is going to be replaced by another player from your team. So like, for example, Braylon Presley, who was, is the Gatorade state player of the year and, he was announced as a selection for the Oklahoma Coaches Association team. I mean, that was the decision Lauren Montgomery had to make um, that because uh, Braylon's not going to be playing in the game because he's going to OSU and OSU's not going to allow their players to play in the game. But you still 
put him up for that honor and have him get honored uh, and receive that honor or not? Or do you go for a player from your team uh, or use his slot for another player from your team who you know has a good chance of playing in the game because he's not going to be getting, who's obviously deserving. They've got a lot of deserving players and who's not, he can play in the game because he's not a major college signee. So it, and then the, t- the rosters, there's a quota per class classification, um, which. Hey, man, you're not kidding, Barry. This, this is, this is pretty convoluted, man. It really is. It's a lot oh simpler. In some ways it's a lot simpler for me because I'm just going for the best players. Yeah. <laughs> so regardless of class. Yeah. Um, and so that's why when you look at the coaches association team, that's why you may be mystified by, oh gosh, that player would it should have been a slam dunk to be selected to the team. Well, sometimes the players can get lost in the shuffle because of all these reasons, which I've just gone over. Um, you know, again, some coaches want to just they're going to want their best players to receive that honor, regardless if they're going to play in the All-State game. And then some coaches try to um, strategize and say, okay, who are my two best players who could actually have it, can play in the All-State game because they're not being signed by major colleges. Do, do college coaches go to, go to the All-State games to recruit? Is that anything they're, they would show up for? Not really. Okay. Uh, just because. So it's um, not, it's not an, exp- if you're, if, if you're a coach, it's not an exposure thing where you can say, Hey, I, if I stick this kid in, he might get a look. It's it- no, not I mean, not really because by then, I mean, um, the, your plans for the fall season, all your scholarships are filled and plans for the fall season are pretty well finalized. I'm not going to say just for all sports in general, I mean, it's probably not the case in football where it's going to be exposure that's going to help a player get signed for football, um, at least for the immediate future. Um, Sometimes in other sports, it has provided an exposure that has led to uh, athletes getting at at a smaller school level, getting an offer getting a scholarship that occasionally happens. And that's been, um, and it might help a player down the line. Like if a player's hit into a Juco, uh, who knows that the additional exposure in all state game may help later on or at a very small, at a smaller school that might at the last minute have the scholarship open up. But, um, Yeah, it's a a very interesting coach association process where you wonder how could, and they also have strict rules on when you're filing your nomination forms and all that. And um, so I don't know, you see an All-State selections and you see Max Brown not selected for the All-State team and you wonder how did that happen? So, yeah a lot of complicated things going into it. And also quite a few of these players who are major college signees, although there's not a whole lot of major college signees selected. Um, and for other reasons, there will be a bunch of alternates filling in spots. It seems like half of these rosters are replaced when July comes around. 
So if you don't see your favorite player on the All-State roster now, well, they might be an alternate and you could, could see them anyway on July 29th when the game's played at a site to be determined. All right, Barry, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there for this week. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. You can download this podcast on uh, Spotify, Apple, and Google, and uh, we'll hope that you do that and take a listen. And uh, Barry, appreciate the knowledge. We'll catch up next week. All right, Patrick. See you next week.